Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at Metal Cloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the Metal Cloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, Metal Cloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of The Modern Jeeper Show. We're not all always smart. No, no. <laughs> we have Sometimes we jump from rock to rock and hurt our Achilles. Because we're not being smart. And that costs us six to eight months. The Modern Jeeper Show. The show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Matt's from Metal Cloak here, and welcome to episode number 125 of the Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Jesse is on her way back to Colorado, so once more you are subjected to the ramblings of Corey and I on whatever is crossing our minds. It has been another week of craziness in the world of Jeeping, and not all of it the good kind of craziness. So, in this random episode, we talk 4xE, submersible Jeeps, why Jeep can finally think about the future, being a backpack hoarder, responsible Jeeping, Learning the intricacies of recovery. Warning, there is math involved. And we go down the list of upcoming events we're going to be at, including Jeepers Jamboree, Jeep Jamboree, all for fun, and the Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. And we can't forget our own modern Jeeper adventure on the San Juan Mountains of Colorado. Registration is now open. Then we pause for a moment of seriousness after last week's tragedy on the Rubicon. And what it is we all need to remember, wheeling is a dangerous sport. As always, we are extremely grateful to our supporters and friends, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, Adventure Rack Systems, and of course, Metal Cloak. Remember to catch a full video of this episode at youtube.com slash modern jeeper and let us know what you really think about us. Now, sit back, relax the cold one, and enjoy episode number 125 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers, this is another episode of the Modern Jeepers Show with me, Madsen from Metal Cloak, and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, buddy. Hey, I like your little Jeep, you know, shop thing going on back there. Yeah, the box. It's, it's a work in progress. Um, I still have some stuff I'd like to do to it. I actually lined it with cedar. Um, oh, wow. I, I don't, just because I like the smell of it, I think, um, yeah. not for any other reason. Um, Keeps the mods off the, the tools. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Um, I've what's stored, in there though what's right now it's it's backpacks and stuff oh wow like yeah if i here i'll go oh, you have a over. full shop with all the storage space but you put your backpacks in the jeep box in your office i have a problem with backpacks <laughs> i have i have i have backpacks that um that i have camera bags <laughs> i have i have messenger bags you know i just stuff them all into the same one and then then every time you use one you got to pull them all out to find it and then stuff them back into the same bag well if you noticed there's still tags on some of those bags 
And um, <laughs> I, I have a problem with places that I want to put things. Cause then like we talked earlier, I can't find the things that I actually have. Mm. Um, so I thought I'd hide them all in this Jeep box so that a year from now, I'll wonder what happened to all those backpacks. <laughs> well, we have a documented now. This will be episode 125. Put a mark down. That's where you'll find out where all your bags are at. <laughs> right, right. Oh, <sighs> man. Hey, what are those blue things back there? Oh, those things? Yeah, those are crutches. Yeah. 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 So I just, I went to the, I went to the podiatrist today and he is prescribing surgery. So that means that next week, um, cause it's pretty amplified. They don't want to let it go too long. Right. So as early as sometime next week, Wednesday or Thursday, I could be going into surgery. Then I'm laid up for two weeks. And then I have several months of wearing different casts because they, they, you know, it is a, for everybody out there, it's a ruptured Achilles. It's a little high up too, which was kind of strange for him. He's like, I'm not sure exactly where it's at. I usually feel it here, but I'm feeling it up there. So I'm getting an MRI sometime in the next 24, 48 hours. So we can see exactly what it is. Um, and then the ruptured, so he's got to go and do surgery, attach it as he describes it, reattach it. Um, but it starts with a cast that puts you at an extreme on my pointed toe. And then over two weeks later, you get a different cast. And then over time, it, it's the point where you're at a right angle, like you're supposed to be. So it oh, starts by keeping that it. stretching of that tendon. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So he wants to keep it as relaxed as possible. So even the, the splint I have on has done that as much as possible to point my toe and relax it so that the tendon's not getting stretched on gotcha. and then over time but over several months it gets straightened out straightened out straightened out and then it's it could be some rehab too just some rehabilitation because i've gotten people back to running marathons well i don't do that but i like to be able to backpack and everything else so well, if he can straighten you out and your tendon i mean <laughs> right it's quite an accomplishment yeah. Yeah. You know, I do this all the time. I'm, I'm doing this and I'm, I'm going around the shop. I came to the, came to work early yesterday, got in. I couldn't wait to get back here. 630 going around doing what I could. I had, I have a wheel. I have a scooter over here. Actually, one of our friends who has a Jeep called metal Medi cloak, M E D I a Tom Algar. Um, he brought by his knee scooter, actually oh, nice. via somebody else. Our, our friend, Amy, um, say graves came by and brought back the, the, the scooter. So I've been going around the shop on the scooter, actually doing my walkabouts, right? Where I go around and see how people are doing and how the shop's doing on the scooter, which is kind of fun. Only only guy in the in the shop who gets to ride a scooter. Um, yeah, I think but, they ought to I, I was envisioning more of those um, little round carts that you put small children in and they can kind of sit in there and kind of wheel and around it. and hit stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that would be fun. Yeah. That would be yeah. way more fun. That would be way more fun. Yeah. I see that I could do a wheelchair, you know, just scoot myself <laughs> around in a wheelchair. Yeah. But um, I was going to get the iWalk, which is a um, replacement for crutches. And it's literally imagine having your foot, just your leg bent back and a peg coming out of your knee. It's like a, it's like a peg leg setup. It's called an eye walk. I'm about an inch or two inches too tall. Like if you actual oh. measurements, I don't fit within the standards. Guys around here said, eh, no problem. We can modify it. But, but so I'm looking at some other ones that are, there's a couple of companies that make um, walkers that just basically attach to your leg and take all the load off of the foot. So I don't have to use the crutches. If you, those, if you had a peg though, you'd probably have to wear like an eye patch. That would be, I'd be fine with that. I think I look it, good with an eye patch. What do you think? You like your, your get your whole pirate thing on. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, my kid watches uh, Octonauts 
which is a cartoon about the sea and there's and there's a cat and the cat's a pirate so you know i'm kind of in it is it, you know it, 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 i i it would work i think my kids would love it you know come home come nice. home with an eye patch and a peg leg yeah uh, <laughs> i'd be a hero for a moment uh... You know, so, it's always, yeah. It, yeah, and and it's kind of a funny time of year. It seems, I don't know, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking. So this morning I spent going through a little bit of our our event stuff, and I'm I'm gonna kind of jump right into what I'm seeing and and what we're hearing in the marketplace. You know, we had a lot of people reach out to us to help them out with their events, and what really that amounts to is, hey, we're having an event. Please f- send me some free stuff, right? So. I've gone back through those along with Jesse and we kind of compared notes on a lot of these events. Some of these folks have filled out those requests back in December and January. Well, I'm looking through a lot of those events now and things have changed. I mean, this is, we're in July, the end of July coming up and some of these events have happened, haven't happened. Um, So I'm going to throw this out there to the folks that are listening. And and if, if you've requested uh, help or sponsorship in the past. I'm not asking for them to go in and, and refill out that form, but for them to reach out to either me uh, through email or Jesse through email or even you, Matson, and and let us know whether or not these are taking place because literally we're seeing a lot of stuff that we heard from you in December and I'm looking at your your event stuff and I don't see anything out there. So I get it. Like we're all so busy and everything right now. I think I looked at September 11th which is not very far away. We have like six events on that Saturday spread out all across the country that have asked wow. for us to be there. So, yeah, and and I know that I know that gosh, listening to the news this morning and um I'm hearing Las Vegas is going to re-implement some some mask mandates and it, it's just craziness and mm. I don't want to I don't want to say that we're going to get back in that same circle but um I hope not. I hope I hope these events are going forward. But we'd sure love to hear from you and and have you say, "Yep, our event's still taking place, and we'd love some some support." So, yeah, you know that's one of the great things about when I procrastinate and people like don't get the stuff from me until the last minute. I hear. I mean, I know that their events could happen because they're calling me a week before. The event. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and <laughs> and and literally, like some of those events, like I, I'm surprised going through the list, going, "Okay, well, you were going to have this event last December." And if we would have, you know, sent something out, I would have felt really bad about, oh, well, nope, that event didn't take place. But, right. you know, there's there's still a lot of, of events taking place. We're like, we're end of July. We just finished with Tillamook, our, our modern Jeep, our beach adventure. Um, those images are, are coming out. There'll also be a story and some video and whatnot. I just got, I just opened my mail the other day and got, stack of these <laughs> so um we do finally have the stickers and OTV, these... the ohv permits yes nice. our ohv permits so it's um, cool have... that it's still that for that little small fee that you know and that's one of the advantages you come to the tillamook adventure you get this ohv permit that's good for the state of oregon for two, two years. years yeah 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 absolutely cool. i kind of um, sucked that uh, you know that's because i had it on my on my jk i was all ready to go for tillamook 2020 <laughs> right. and then didn't get a chance to use it so yeah good times yeah. so uh yeah that's important i mean there's i think it'd be great for everybody to just reconfirm that you're having your event reconfirm that it's happening you know we have you know, between jesse and Corey uh doing everything they can to support all the events out there 
um, it's just important to make sure that we're not like doubling our effort or not doing, you know, doing too much effort to be able right, to try to right. do something. Sending out things that aren't, um, yeah. doing the events not taking place. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, Jeepers Jamboree this weekend coming up on the RubeCon. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I know we have lots of people that have already been out there uh, for a couple of weeks, some friends and some different groups creating some some content. Yeah, crawl, and didn't Crawl America happen like just last week or something like that? Yeah, I think that that is just finishing up. And then we had uh, Crawl 5280. Those guys were out there and they also mm. ran Ford Ice, um, Aerolids and all those guys out there were running around in Sand Hollow. Um, so I know that there's people doing lots of stuff. Um, we have some, some exciting stuff coming up this week. That is not a, it's not a formal event. It's kind of a secret thing that we were asked to be a part of, but I'm not going to give a whole Great. lot of details, but Great. I will say that it involves we the like Morrison secrets. Jeep trail. Ooh, what you were saying is, uh, is, is, is a bit hairy. I had no idea. I mean, I'd heard of it. Um, <laughs> it's in Wyoming. It's a legendary and, trail. Um, it starts off around 4,000 feet and climbs to about 10,000 feet in like a mile. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, 27 switchbacks, pretty narrow, pretty, pretty crazy road. So, wow. Um, we're going to, yeah, we're going to go out there for a few days and uh, see what that's all about. Hopefully, generate some new comment, uh, content. And, and uh, it's going to be with an overlanding group. So, I'm kind of excited about that. You know, this whole, this whole, new new overlanding thing for me it's weird to mix the overlanding thing and like extreme because i don't consider that like in the same realm but right. apparently i mean jim and deb <laughs> our friends at trail nut they they are the extreme overlanders right i mean they are i mean they are they are full on like if if, if they can overland they're gonna do it I can't wait. Now, when's their, when's their van supposed to be done or is it done or is it? Uh, no, not for a while. I think that the okay. conversion, so the, the Quigley conversion um, had been done when they bought it, but mm. their actual top and all of that modification, I think is still like December or January. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's, it is interesting. You know, we, we're, we're obviously we've been feeling it and you guys have all been feeling it, I'm sure in many different ways of, what supply and demand is like in this world, right? And it's not just on that side. I had a conversation with our team out there on Monday, yesterday. You just let them know, you know, even jobber sales have been pretty strong for us. Um, but the jobbers like John J. Caroli, um, who has Goonies Garage in uh, New York, and he uh, he commented on his Facebook page that and it was a little frustrating for him because he he just can't get the parts to complete builds for customers, right? It's just all fun. So he's doing a lot of service work right now. Um, and a lot of jobbers, in it, a lot of focus on service works because it doesn't matter. I mean, you can get Metal Cloak. Metal Cloak shipping in one to two weeks. And we're still right. number one out there, I think, when it comes to delivery and shipping and availability of parts in our segments. But if you can't get your wheels, your tires, your axles, and everything else for that build you're doing for a customer, you can't do anything, no. right? You can't just like piecemeal it. You've these guys are coming in, customers are coming in and wanting to drop cash to have a full build done. And only 25% of your parts can come in or 50% of the parts. Like what, what do you do as a shop? And it's got a bit, a bit of a struggle out there. And we're doing what we can to work with our shops to try to help them with that process too, because, you know, it might be a matter of different vendors. And we know we've, we benefited from the fact that, uh, that shops have been doing and choosing metal cloak because they can't get other parts and then they're becoming dedicated to metal cloak because they realize it's a great brand but 
but we're also doing what we can to help our shops to to get through that because you know what else are they going to do right and they can't just all be doing service work and and you've got customers who want to have builds done so it's just an interesting world we're in i just experienced that with my air conditioning unit right i just want to have an air conditioning unit i have a, a coil that has a leak and i need to get it fixed and it's going to be a little while before that comes in i want to get new garage doors put on it's going to be you know three months before garage doors come in it's crazy yeah and i don't i don't know i mean you know everybody we keep talking about um I don't want to get into the politics behind money and all that kind of thing, but um, I mean, there's this there's this whole uh, inflation versus the Fed rates and lending rates and bank rates, and this whole supply chain issue is a lot of that is weighing on all of those things. So when they keep saying when the supply chain issues start to to free themselves up. Well, demand is so high right now that, I mean, it's crazy. We, we talked about this a little bit last week where you, you can go to a Walmart, you can go to a Sam's Club. If, if you're looking for anything that's outdoor related, it, they don't have it. Mm. And from the, from the camping and the overland folks, um, whether it be rooftop tents or awnings from, from our friends even at ARB and, and a lot of other manufacturers, that stuff, a lot of that stuff is all made in the same plant. Yeah, I know it's a different brand, but literally it all comes out of the same areas, whether it's Australia right. or China. And there, it's just not available. And it's kind of interesting to me to go take a look at social media and look at some of these posts where somebody is now putting up a new advertisement saying, hey, we this is the best thing we've ever made. We don't have them actually right now. <laughs> But we're going to get them as soon as we can. Expect them to be shipped within three to six months. Right. And people it, are like, oh, well, that's not bad. No, that's not bad. When it's cash flow. I mean, companies are struggling with right. cash flow when they can't get it in and get it out, right? Uh, again, the benefit we've had of being able to just focus and build and um, and and build our inventory and make sure that we can get the raw metal in and get all the parts in. But it's everybody's struggling that way. There's some parts we want to buy. There's parts that we want to buy from and rebrand from some other companies and some friends of ours, and we can't we can't get that right. It's right. like it's like well, we don't really want to take your order right now because we're 18 weeks out. I'm like well, that's fine. Just take my order. I don't care. Just when you're ready to send it, send it. But yeah, sales wants to take your order, but we just wouldn't be appropriate. Okay, I get it. You know, there's um. But it is the challenges we have. Now, what's interesting, one of our mutual friends, um, I won't say the company because this would be more personal and private, one of our mutual friends, their products come from overseas. And there is it when you ship something from overseas, you have a container fee. Like you actually have to pay for the container, right? That's a container fee. And that goes through and just part of the process. So that used to be like $1,300 to $2,000 for the container fee. It's now $13,000 right. for that container. So Costs are going up across the board and even companies like Metal Cloak, we're having to look at our costs and stuff and we don't have to deal with container fees and stuff because we're not importing, but it, we still have costs that are structured part of this inflationary process. And I think we've seen is the first half of this year um, was very much exuberance. Like, oh my God, you were back to the world. World's open again. Things are going to be fine. We hit the midway mark and now the second half of the year is going. So now people are starting thinking is that the, the Dow is fluctuating. There's, there's, drop markets, you know, if you've, what, I don't know if you ever use Robinhood or whatever, we're seeing now is slowing down combined with inflation. You're paying $4.50 for gas, right? And you're, um, and you're paying 12 bucks for a meal at fast at, at McDonald's. 
yeah, it, it's it, all that inflationary pressure is going to come on. And then people are going to start realizing I don't really have that extra money to pay right. for this other thing that I wanted. Right. Well, or to go you on look vacation. at even even something like a cryptocurrency where, you know, four or five months ago, we're going, man, yeah, I'd love to have some Bitcoin, you know, at $60,000 right. a coin. It's at 28000 yep. Yep. I mean, it is, its value has gone in half. So think about that. So you bought your house for 300 grand and now it's worth 150. But what do you owe? Oh, right. well, yeah, that's, yeah. again, all of these things. And again, um, we're in these weird markets, right? When the stock market goes down, gold and silver is supposed to go up, generally right. speaking. It's not, it's going down, right. right? Treasuries should go up when the market goes down because more confidence in government. That doesn't occur. It's not occurring either. So you have you have this weird, weird marketplace we're in that is really, and it is a meme-driven marketplace, right? Yes. Because it's all about the people just kind of rushing in. So there's, there's, a, there's a certain amount of insanity in the marketplace right now because nobody really knows what the future is like. So what it comes down to is you and me and everybody else that are out there, we're doing the best we can to do what we can do to what I like to say is just flourish and prosper. We're going to do as much as we can to, to, to flourish, to make sure we take care of our people, to make sure we build our company, to make sure we take care of our customers, to make sure we have fun, take care of our families and prosper right. along all the things that are important to us. That's right. I don't know how many stories now, and we, we talk about this a lot and we've had a couple of articles up on modernjeeper.com regarding land use again and park service again. And, and, you know, we're, we're so fortunate. We're so lucky to be able to have these places to go, even a place like Moab, a place like Colorado, a place like Tillamook, Oregon, where we can drive on the beach. But as these places become, everybody is, is running out there to, to experience life again. And everybody's just overwhelmed by it. The, the park services, the, the BLMs, the, the management companies that, um, you know, I just, we all have to take a deep breath and everybody says, yeah, but you know, this is going to go away when people go back to work. Yeah. Well, what if they don't go back to work? Right. Yeah. Well, was a lot it of there... people aren't going to. No. And there's a loss. I mean, just to talk to politics, right? Like lawsuit of, of, of people of Florida against um, the governor for um, wanting to stop the extra payments. Right. Like it, right. It, just because people need to go back to work, right. Companies need employees and, and it is a crazy time. By the way, speaking of which, um, Speaking of modernjuber.com, I am looking right now at Jesse's article on ADK oh, invasion. Yes. And I love that there's some uh, some great photos, guys. Modernjuber.com, go check it out. Some great photos of the trip and the Niagara Falls, right? Or the, the giant That's, hole in the ground. That um, is definitely going to be one of those events, I think, um, strategically placed in between some already really big events. And I think that... Uh, yeah, it has some real potential. It's definitely mm. a vacation spot, upstate New York. Um, yeah, there's a lot to do there. Lake George, of course, is massive for the for the boating community, and um, it's a really small town in the middle of a really popular populated state. So mm. it's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. But I love this article here, and the and I got to say, I appreciate the uh, the picture of the Nikola Tesla plaque. It's that, you know, Tesla's that guy. And obviously we hear the name all the time now, um, both whether it was the Nikola company, the trucking company that turned out to be a big fraud or Tesla, which turned out to be a great company. Um, and just his history. And it's fantastic. You put that up there. So check out that article. Jesse did a great job. Which of speaking, where is Jesse? She's still she is um, actually, she's on her way back. Um, she should actually be back. She's making really good time. 
Um, I think she should be back here around, I'm going to guess six. So it's interesting now traveling in Colorado because of all this road construction. There's this little canyon between here and Gunnison. It's called Little Blue. Hmm. Blue Mesa Reservoir is over there, but there's this two lane canyon that is under construction. Well, it's closed for hmm. a year. Oh so gosh. they only open it for, they open it two times a day from 5.30 a.m. to 7.30 in the morning. And then from, from I think it's 5.30 to 7.30 at night as well. There's, there's two times you can actually get through the canyon. Otherwise, you're looking at about two and a half hours, an additional trip to go around. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it's funny that everything is timed. Okay, well, and if you don't, literally, if you, um, when she was heading back to Oklahoma to see her family, she... She left here, I think, at like no, it's six thirty in the morning on in the morning time. Um, she left here about quarter after six and was the last person in line that they let through. And literally, they'll just well, and it's they only let you through in for an hour each way. Hmm. So if you don't make it, they just sorry, and you can either go out and oh, wait. Go so back if you're if you're, or if you're in line and they close, it doesn't matter. You turn around, and gotta no. go back. Yeah, yeah. man. That's harsh. It's pretty crazy construction, though. They um, this little canyon was has been uh, narrow and extremely steep for many, many years. Mm. And there's actually one really bad turn that's like a twenty mile an hour turn, very sharp. Um, mm. So big trucks coming around it. Literally, if you're on the inside of it and a truck comes around the outside, you could get hit. So mm. they're they're redoing the whole thing, but it's going to take a lot of months because they're mm. basically bringing down these rock wall Walls. canyons wow. yeah yeah so it makes sense it's always yeah progress is always inconvenient yeah right right yeah, yeah. so, cool. uh, so we'll, we'll see her next week yeah back on the yep. podcast next week and and uh hear all the exciting stories that she has to tell so uh you know i'm still seeing stuff pop up from the tillamook um it was kind of great, you know, all of our, our attendees and sharing some things. But we had some interesting stories we don't even talk about last week. Like we we had, well, one of our guys' uh, cell phone got ran over at some point, and so he lost <laughs> that. So he lost his photos. And then, but then we had um, uh, the couple get a um, little accident up in the mountains. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some, some friends that have been on a number of other adventures with us. Um, we're actually went up in the forest um, the day after we all left and doing doing their thing. There was a couple of roads, service roads that were open and they just wanted to go up in the hills a little bit and, and see the trees and whatnot. Guy on a motorcycle was coming down the opposite direction and they said that they thought he I even I think the Forest Service said they estimated he was going between 30 and 35 miles an hour. Lost control came around the corner and smacked into their you know, 9,000 pound overland JK. Um, <laughs> the JK didn't suffer a whole lot of, of damage. It, um, you can see where his helmet hit the windshield, which was around a cage already. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to feel that for a little while, for sure. And again, people going, well, there shouldn't be anybody up here because everything's closed. Well, the service roads still weren't. And um, it was a, a younger gentleman, from what I understand. And he's going to be in surgery, getting his arm uh, put back together. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. It was. I think he was wearing a helmet. Good. If he wasn't wearing a helmet, it would have been bad. Yeah. All I saw was the first image of just the smash right in front of the, right in front of the passenger window. It's smashed. 
And I'm like, oh no, who was that? Right. And I and right. you couldn't tell from the picture which way the smash was in. But thankfully it was and well, and him having an, an overland style of rack on there, I mean, mm. for oh. his head to hit the windshield and then still wrap around the, the A-pillar bar on the outside, that had to... <laughs> Dude, that had hurt. Yeah, had to <laughs> makes, hurt a little Makes bit. my little injury nothing. Yeah. Well, you know, and I was thinking a lot about uh, Tillamook the last few days as I, I go back through videos and whatnot, and I'm still kind of perplexed by the, the, the recovers that recoveries that we did. And, you know, we don't get the opportunity. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't live in an area that has a whole bunch of sand dunes. and We don't get stuck in the sand. And I've been replaying those sand recoveries a few times. And um, I, I just got out my, my book. And Justin Andrews, our friend at Factor 55, mm -hmm. uh, had actually turned me on to this book when I saw him in Moab. And Bob Wallers uh, wrote this book. I think I had showed it yeah. to everybody before. Yeah. Um, but it is called The Total Approach to Getting Unstuck Off-Road, uh, Four-Wheel Drive Self-Recovery and Vehicle-Assisted Recovery, written by Bob Wallers. I actually went back through this and was thinking about some of these things because even as many times as I've done recoveries, it still made me uncomfortable what we were doing, pulling single-line pulls through the sand up really mm. steep uh steep things. And we all have a plan, right? We all have a winch, and so that's all we need. And going back through and, and taking a look at Bob's book again, um, it made me realize that we, we all do the same thing. When we get to a recovery, what we're thinking about is pulling on that thing to get it upright. And literally, that's really the last thing we should be thinking of is pulling on it. We should be thinking about all of the gear and our rigging that we're going to use to safely be able to pull on it. And, you know, it's funny because we all we all carry different stuff. Some winches have a hook on the front. Some winches have a maybe have a, a Factor 55 product, one of their either their flat links or a pro link or an ultra hook. Some guys have the the cheesy little metal hook that comes with some of the lower grade winches, um, totally unsafe. But again, we we pull out our cable and we just want to hook up to something so we can pull on it instead of getting out nothing against those guys that were doing that commercial recovery helping with the grand cherokee but what a rat's nest <laughs> bunch of old steel cable <laughs> i mean come on these guys were professionals this is what they right. do and they were just struggling and i was thinking about it just yesterday going there wasn't even we didn't have anything even hanging over that that steel cable there was no there was no safety Mm -hmm. uh, bag hanging from it yeah, yeah it was, again and i saw that rig as we were leaving because i didn't see when you're in the recovery but i saw when we were le leaving there at the little corner store and i i thought well what and i asked was, was that the rig it was, yeah i was like oh my god i couldn't believe it. like you would think that that's what you do would be a little bit better set up and the guy was like it was a welding shop too and there isn't a welder i know who doesn't like to go crazy on their own stuff and just kind of do things experiment with things and it's like yeah, you know, I do recovery every once in a while. What do you do? Oh, I might pull a rig out of a, out of a little, you know, the side of the road, or I might, I might have to get somebody who's stuck in the sand in the back. Right? He doesn't. I uh, something like that probably was not up his his wheelbarrow. Right? No, um, no, yeah. and and you know, to think about pulling. Uh, something's extremely heavy. I mean, it's it's one thing when most of the time when we're recovering somebody, it's because they're stuck and we're helping, they're helping us get them out. 
Whereas right. this was just a, a burnt up Grand Cherokee that literally was just dead in the sand. Um, and to be drugged and, and drugged. And to be drugged and, and then as it acted as like a shovel in the right. first place. Yeah, and it was just funny, you know, you, again, using the that 8274 on the front of the Gladiator, that thing is so fast to have another winch <laughs> trying to help you. It you I needed to double it up is what I should have done. And and, and, it, and it came down to triangulation and using snatch blocks and all absolutely. that kind of stuff, right? Yep. So absolutely. there's a so I, I was the other day I was watching a movie, and my wife and I every once in a while we'll sit down and do it. We haven't done it in a while because we're on such different schedules, but we sat and watched um Ice Road, uh which oh, yeah. is Liam, Liam Neeson's new movie. And um he plays a different kind of character, but it's a pretty good movie. And there was a scene in there where both trucks are on their side. Yeah, you don't have the sun in your face anymore. <laughs> no, I got dark. It's going to rain, I think. I, I was watching you. I was actually watching you migrate <laughs> away from it, like yeah, over getting, across the screen. And then now it's dark gone. out. <laughs> um, but where they, they literally, both trucks are on their side. And so using the winch from one truck, they were able to flop the other truck over. And it was interesting because, again, you're on the ice. So, you know, how much of this was real or not, I don't know. But they're on the ice and you can't just drop the truck down, right? Like you would a, a, an ultra four rig flop him over and he lands on a suspension and drives off. <laughs> right. So they're having to triangulate it properly. And again, they only have one point, but to be able to bring it down and actually have cable around the, the wheels through the wheels to be able to make sure you're slowly dropping it down. Again, I don't know how they actually did that. And they were just going from one truck to another, but the idea was they were safely dropping it. And that's kind of what you have to think about when you're out there doing it. And there's been times like last year um, when we did the Rubicon trip or two years ago, when Jeremy Rome was out there with his truck and he went through the now non-existent uh, tree and the rock. And we had to get both a winch going from the front line and a winch going to the sideline. The side winch that was part of snatching it off that off a snatch block was to try to keep him pulled away from the rock. So he didn't go smashing into the rock as we were pulling him forward through the obstacle right and that's the great thing about it if you have multiple jeeps and you have and that then you have the snatch blocks and you have these other little tools you can get pretty creative and actually make it easier right we, we we learn in school that the more pulleys you have the easier it is yeah absolutely yeah and there's actually um i know that there's a lot of folks out there that hate math mm. um but uh but bob's done a really good job i don't know math talking. is he a friend of yours yeah we we can get like super super here we go. Talking about first class and second class levers. Wow. Wow. Um, oh yeah. Bob really like, gets into it. Oh yeah. It's 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 very detailed and it's really good to kind of understand, you know, using where am I here? Using oh, a um using yeah. a, a, a snatch block and then having stationary objects and what we did out there got the job done. Um it could have been done a lot better. And that's usually this that's usually the most recoveries right right we we always get the guy out but um you know maybe wasn't done the best and and uh, i'm like my buddy here in town that has mnh towing and recovery price mm. he's got so much experience pulling over huge semis and lots of jeeps and it's 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 amazing to me because you get to the scene and especially in an accident um, which there's already that tension, that anxiety, flashing lights, if whether or not there's injuries, all of those things. Right. And to be able to slow it all down and, and focused. go, yeah, what, what's, what are we going to do and how are we going to do it safely? Yeah. It's a, I don't know. You know, we don't, we don't get to do that many recoveries and uh, to have 
I don't know, whatever we had that day, three of not even our rigs. They were other people's things trying to help them out of the sand. Your friends, Amy and, and Matt, and they're part of the uh, the, uh, the NorCal uh, club out here. Um, what do they do a lot of times? And they did for Vora for a long time. And they did for NorCal Rock Racing is the recovery, part of the recovery team during the race. And they did it for Ultra 4 Racing during Stampede one year. And they showed up. All they had um, was the strap with a hook, right? And it was interesting because my understanding is Dave Cole had, had wanted nothing to do with that. Like that doesn't make sense. Like because he used so they were used to they were using the they're using winch lines and using big ropes and they're doing hooks and all this kind of stuff. And 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 under those circumstances, like you want to get them flipped over as quickly as possible and out of the way, right? Because too much time spent on there, especially the rate of these cars. It's actually not safe for personnel. So in this case, you're looking at it, what's the best way? Well, they had this this technique of just going back really quick, throwing a hook in a roll cage, flipping the guy over and getting him out of the way was like super fast, right? And um, it was a great safe way of doing things that finally got accepted and now it's kind of the standard. Um, but originally, initially, it was like, well, that, that doesn't make sense. It just, that's not going to work. Um, but they do it now, and it's it's been great. But that's the same idea. You have to be able to look at your situation and your circumstances and all those things involved and be able to resolve it. I'm sure in your buddy's case, there are probably some times where speed is important as much as safety is important, right? Because right. of I remember being on the side of the freeway once. There was an, My wife and I were coming back from Santa Barbara, going down the 101, and in front of us, we we're in the fast lane. There was a semi, and in front of us, these two girls in this little car. Something happened. They weren't paying attention, and they hit the tire of the semi truck. Got bounced around, slammed back into it, hit again, boom, and then into the center. Center semi truck didn't even know what happened. He drove on, um, and we pulled over right behind them and helped them in the center. Well, the CHP came to us because so many people were slowing down and stopping to, to offer help to us to make sure we were okay, that we actually caused other accidents. Oh, like there my. were fender benders back the other way because of the slowed down traffic. So his goal was to get us out of there as quickly as possible. So I actually was able to hop in the other car and drive it off and, and take care of the girls were just freaked out, young college students, whatever, um, and get it out of there in order to allow traffic to start flowing. Right. So every situation has a circumstances and we just have to judge it properly. For sure. That's, that's exactly right. Every situation is different. I, it was interesting. I, um, going through Bob's book and I got online and I was just kind of curious. Um, it's pretty interesting to do a Google search and ask people what they prefer. And if you just do a hook versus D ring Google search, oh my goodness, it is such a commonly asked question. And for me, that was that was an issue years and years ago. And there are still people that are still going, hey, what's wrong with this hook? Why do I need a D-ring or a clevis or a shackle or whatever? They, there's the lingo, the terminology. People call things different things. Um, that open hook with the little cheesy uh, spring-loaded lever that closes back and, and right. you know, p- people pictures with, with uh, the ends of straps that don't quite go down into the body of the hook, into the arch of it. And I mean, it's something that is very, very common and it's still being argued. And there are people that I've always used a hook or I've always used a D-ring or I've always used now. It's, you know, the good thing about now is with the synthetic rope and, and something, a soft shackle where you can throw it to somebody and not kill them. 
know, <laughs> right. that's, that's really handy. Well, and that's what's amazing. Like a soft shackle, how strong that is. Oh, I'm, yeah. You know, it, synthetic lines for one, right? Because everybody was cable, cable, cable. And then you started having guys like Viking. Was it Viking? Yeah, back yeah, then. Viking, yeah. Viking, yeah. Since I still have that. I still have a synthetic Viking line on my TJ, on yep. a Warren Winch. But the, Vi the Viking synthetic line then started growing from there and the idea of more and more guys using it. And and those synthetic lines, especially the early ones from Warren, they were not cheap. I mean, you'd no, spend a no. huge amount of money for a Warren synthetic line. Well, you know, and, and it all comes out of the marine industry. All of the rigging and it was all hoists and all of this stuff that the marine industry was doing. And we kind of went, hey, uh, I remember when Bubba Rope started to become very popular and, and uh, you know, the kinetic energy that can get stored. Mm, you can use right. a very light vehicle and pull out a very large vehicle just with that kinetic energy and the stretching of that rope. And mm. all of a sudden we started to hear Dyneema and all these synthetic terms. And, you know, now we can splice synthetic rope, which initially was like, uh, right, what? Right, I'm not going right. to, how do you do that? And right. Yeah, it's again, I guess it's technology changing, but there's still a lot of old school folks out there. And when you're so many times when we're by ourselves, well, tend to not do as stupid of things or we shouldn't. Um, <laughs> we tend not to do, but sometimes we do. Sometimes it just happens. It yeah. just happens. Yeah. It's okay. Um, yeah, we're not all always smart. <laughs> no, no. We have sometimes we jump from rock to rock and hurt our Achilles. Because we're not being smart, and that costs us six to eight months. But I am not complaining, guys, because I know some of our fans and friends out there, including uh, members of the military and others. I mean, it's nothing. Having a torn Achilles is an inconvenience compared to some of our friends and what they have sacrificed and what they have lost. Um, so I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm having fun with it, and I get to use a pair of crutches, which you know, guardian crutches suck. But you know, that's what they issue to you at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i mean how we've as we get older we i think we're down more than we're up maybe um in between <laughs> bouts of of hurting ourselves um, well I, you know i did a i did a parkour uh uh i, I use the analogy of, of parkouring over the rocks and and uh this was during yesterday's meeting when i was telling the staff what happened and because uh, you know, quite frankly I, I was i was like i'm gonna tell everybody in a big meeting what happened so i don't tell a thousand times the same story right and uh, Justin just looked at me and said, yeah, look at these bodies. These are not parkour bodies. Okay. Understand. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Understand. Parkour. I just, parkour. I, have to, I just picture you using your hands going over like one of those saddle horses in a gymnastics thing yelling parkour. As parkour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> parkour. No, no, no. Hey, so, I understand um, you guys had a four by E in the shop. We do actually is in there now. Um, showed up yesterday, started getting uh, torn apart and tested. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, of course we're getting as much data as we can on it. Some things we've learned, um, first off, pretty cool rig. I mean, quite frankly, it's a pretty darn cool rig. Um, it just is what it is. It's a four by E and not something I would own, but there's definitely some people out there that will, um, we know that it flexes the same we put on the CTI trailer. And so there's no limitations in that line. Not like the 392 had major limitations, um, the four by E is just like a jail Rubicon as far as numbers and what we'd expect to see. Uh, there are some changes. Uh, the main cross member is back an inch and a half. And ultimately what that means for us, it's kind of interesting. Cross members back an inch and a half, but drain plug on the oil pans forward. So even though, cause we did a comparison of wills 2.0 turbo, right, same engine, yeah. same engine. 
to uh, to the four by E, like literally the engineers are going back and forth, comparing points and points and looking at things to see what was different. Cross members inch and a half back. We're actually looking at having to do a whole new skid plate system for the four by E, which is one more skid plate. But we have some interesting ideas on how to do that specifically for the four by E. Um, it's it is full time four wheel drive. Uh, it still has the aluminum knuckles. You know, it's little things that we we expect to see. Uh, so it still has the CVs in the front. Um, which is again, like the 392 has the CVs, uh, it has interestingly enough, and this is something I need to learn more about, but it has a speaker in the rear tire carrier. Now, my understanding about that speaker in the rear tire carrier is it's a, is a audible noise required of electric vehicles when they're running on silent to not be silent. So at certain speeds, there's a requirement to have actual sound like, and that's more so probably when you're going around a neighborhood for safety reasons, as opposed to, you know, going down the freeway. So it's, so this speaker back there from what we understand is there to actually produce those sounds, but it's in the tire carrier. So again, another challenge, hmm, we're going to do a tire carrier. If you do a tire carrier on a four by you can't, you have to have a place to put that speaker. Um, so it's interesting. So we'll do all new skids, uh, suspension. We're still doing, I haven't gotten feedback yet on where we are on suspension and what it's going to think, but it sounds like suspension wise, it might just go totally fine with the new, with the game changer. Um, and that, so little, little more details to learn about it, but by the end of the week, we should have all R and D done and, uh, new products on the way to the market. Well, you know, according to Jeep by 2030, the the four by e will also be a submersible and you can use it underwater i saw that i saw that it's quite a, quite an exchange i mean jeep is really projecting the future here that's um, at, can at, you at imagine point, the limitations of the bodies of water that people would be able to drive heavens people freak out when we drive across a stream oh you yeah. want to now go underwater mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry you did what you spit what yeah gosh well yes yeah, for the rest of the world not here right yeah, because yeah. it's yeah, it's not not about our bodies of water around here. Well, so I know rest... for our listeners, uh, it's they 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 did it on this commercial, and it was they had this little blurb that says, you know, it's a fictionalization. Uh, do not attempt. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, it's just kind of um, CGI. It's an it, yeah, an interesting um, play on what Jeep has got going on. I mean, something that's airtight, watertight. Yeah, kind of interesting for sure. Yeah, well, you know, it's an interesting thing because we have, you know, Jeep has a lot of projections of what they want to do. I don't know if this is for the PR or if it's part of their real plan because, you know, everything changes, right? And it's kind of interesting because if you think about Jeep's history, there haven't been many times where they could think about 25 years in the future or, or 20 years in That's the future, very right? True. That's because true. Because they're they've been they've changed so often. Like it was just happy for them to survive, right? How long were they with Chrysler before they before that whole unit was then sold over to, to uh, um, Mercedes. And of course, their vision would change completely. And then it was private equity. And then that vision changed completely. And now with FCA and that vision changed, right? So there's been a constant evolution where the Jeep really didn't have a chance to think about the future. And now there's such a strong basis for where they exist and so much value in that brand. And to the point where companies are putting a ton of money into competing with Jeep. I mean, oh. when is that when does that really happen in the history of Jeep? Right. right. And to see see now where they've they've looked at the Bronco, they've looked at the Ford Lightning, which is Ford's, you know, electric truck, and they're they're talking about things that they're gonna see sooner rather than later that we'll see on the Jeeps, which includes things like 
powering up your campsite from your your electric jeep like all of right. your lights you'd need when you're right. camping um you well, know we were tech- talking about that last week yeah, right just i mean go for a backpacking trip and your jeep will meet you at the end it'll just it'll just get there before you right. um all of these technology things you know we talk a lot about communication and um I, i'm still I'm still seeing it out there in the the social media of folks about business band and and well when is Jeep going to start incorporating a radio and just give us a the GMRS license and build the radio into the UConnect system and you know what maybe that's, that's a great idea happen. but why that's, not right why not? I mean sure it's yeah. if the FCC wants to regulate it and people are that confused by it that's how manufacturers typically implement it right there's people that still don't know what the sway bar disconnect button does on their rubicon (laughs) yet they just they implemented it and they don't really have to explain why um they just hope that everybody plays along yeah you figure you got this whole system in there it's like i I remember our buddy uh jason shear was talking about this with ford right because um they actually used utilized the the ford system for connecting to satellite um, as a way of tracking the Ford trucks on Baja because they already knew they had that connection. So they were able to use it to track. It's like, there's technology there. The technology is in the vehicles, right? Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Why not set it up? You've got a great speaker system. I mean, when I, when I connect my phone up in my gladiator and I talk to somebody, it's great. I can hear great. I mean, that would be awesome to connect all of a sudden have a radio system and select radio and have another option. And you can sit there and chat and hands free too. I mean, that's totally, that's much safer than having to grab your radio at any point in time, right? Well, we've always, you know, as as enthusiasts, we've always, we don't necessarily want the manufacturer to eliminate our needs to customize things ourselves. Otherwise, the aftermarket, you know, struggles. But it's things like, I mean, kudos to Jeep because they're looking at what people are buying and going, look what what the Mopar um, accessory line did with half doors and a two-inch lift and all of these things. Yet sometimes the manufacturer implements uh, not in the best way. I guess right. is my 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 politically correct term. You know, I don't I don't think I want them giving me. Oh well, it's and it's you know integrating now. I, they're integrating with some software manufacturer. Uh, maybe it's like Onyx or something into mm. the the you. You know what? Don't don't lock me into being having to use software changes too often. So. Right. As do aftermarket parts as technology expands. I mean, don't don't give me some roll to bumper that I'm going to just pull off there anyway. And, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, it doesn't work. Well, that, that's the thing about the, the Bronco. Like once we get our hands on one, we'll just start doing play, playing with it. But the, uh, you know, some of the technology tied into the Bronco suspension system. Right. How much how variable is that going to be for aftermarket? And is it going to be a really high level company that has to figure that out? Because, you know, just your average guy can't just go and say, hey, we're going to change the shocks. Well, what about my current shocks? They're actually tied into my computer system. Oh, well, you don't want to lose that, right? Right. Or you can just be like uh, like Apocalypse Manufacturing, which um, uh, I don't know if you saw that, but they took a TRX and made it a six by six. I think we all just need one of those. Yeah, I, I just, that's I just, pretty handy. I just want one. That's all. I'm going to take one of those and because I can use it, you know, that's, that's it. I want that. I'm going to go take it. I'm going to, you know, that'll be my, um, my daily driver. Take it through the, take it to the Rubicon. I mean, there's a Ram truck. Did you see the video? Uh, uh-uh. Ram truck. I think it was a Ram truck, but it was going through um, the Rubicon, going through Super Bowl, actually. 
and then collapsed his uh, driver's side or driver's side front tire on Super Bowl. I'm sure that was a fun recovery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are definitely some things that people should shouldn't do. do. That being said, uh, a serious moment here, guys. We we try to have fun as much as we can, but we also try to remind you when there are serious times. Something else that happened on the Rubicon uh, just this last week, and I believe, was the unfortunate loss of life of a young child. And that was a Jeep. My understanding is a Jeep had rolled over or a vehicle had rolled over. Others showed up to do recovery. Kids got out of the car. Somebody knocked it out of gear and it rolled over the child. On the one hand, this is one of the reasons why when we do modern Jeeper events that we try to ask for older kids because we all know that that kids can do what they do. And it's sometimes it, it, it is sometimes hard to prevent um, them getting into danger, right? Kids are kids and they run around and do their things. But it reminds us why someplace like the Rubicon Trail, it is not for joyriding. It is not just go out and have a fun time. It is a dangerous place. At any time, at any part of that trail, you can roll over. I've been on that trail on a perfectly flat spot with just a couple of like two foot boulders nearby me and a Toyota goes by and suddenly is on its side. There was no reason, rhyme or reason for that Toyota to be on its side, but it did. That's right. Right. And it can happen at any point. We talk about it all the time when we give people briefings on doing a, a modern Jeeper event and is, you know, keep your arms in, keep everybody strapped in, always wear your seatbelts. You can add to that. Don't get out of your vehicle unless you have to. Don't get out of your vehicle, especially when you're near a recovery area, unless you have to, because things happen. Vehicles are everywhere. Keep track of everything. It could happen to the kid. It could happen to an adult. That adult could have gotten run over uh, by that Absolutely. same vehicle. It, and yep. just happened to be a young child, which is the biggest tragedy of all. Uh, and my heart goes out to the family. My heart goes out to the people. My heart goes out to everybody who was there because it is that whether it was your child or not, everybody there was affected that day. The sheriff's having to show up to arrive at the, the child dying in the helicopter on the, the way helicopter. back. Everybody gets affected by that. So big prayers and heartfelt to everybody. But just, just remember we're on the trail. They, these are dangerous things. We This is a dangerous hobby we're in. Yeah. And, and you know, I think we, for, we forget that because we've got these amazing capable vehicles now and we just don't even think about it. Um, what we're actually doing because things have gotten so uh, much better, I guess. And, but you know what accidents happen and, and um, it's the same. It could have been a dog. It could have been a pet where, you know, the Rubicon is one of those places where everybody wants to get out and they want to look at the next obstacle and they want to, they want to, they want to be a part of it. They want to enter, but you, like you said, it's a dangerous trail as are most off when you're in, if you're in four low in your Jeep, nine times out of 10, that's probably a place where you wouldn't want to walk. Um, you wouldn't want to be outside and, and uh, unless you're a spotter and, and you, you know what you're doing, but yeah, um, huge shout out to the family. Um, such a tragedy. And, uh, yeah, just everybody, everybody be careful out there and think about that stuff, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, I can't think of a time that I've been wheeling where one wrong move couldn't have caused a problem. So just, just be aware of that when we're out there doing stuff, guys. I mean, it's, we're out wheeling, we're having fun and it's fun for a reason. That little adrenaline rush you get when you look and you're kind of off a little off kilter, everybody else says, oh, you're totally safe. But you don't, you just, you just, it's still, it's that adrenaline rush there at three miles an hour. It's there for a reason because it still is dangerous. That's so right. that's right. Uh, pay attention 
to all of it. And, uh, and, and as a friend said, when he posted that, um, give your, give your family a hug, right? Give your family a hug. Just remember that there, we, we are, this is a family friendly, fun event and, um, all I do it. So Jeepers Jamboree, uh, as you mentioned, is happening on a positive note is happening this week. We have, uh, a ton of people are going to be out there, obviously, yeah, since they yeah. had to cancel last year. It's a big get everybody out there. And Jeepers Jamboree, if you don't know, is the big party. So Jeepers Jamboree has two days of going in. You can go in on Thursday uh, or you go on Friday. If you go Thursday and you're in there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you head out Sunday. They provide meals. They provide great food. Awesome people. Rock rollers all the way through to make you get you make sure you get through. It's a great opportunity to do the Rubicon Trail if you have very little experience, but a capable rig, and you want to be able to go and follow people through. And and you have patience because it's a long day. It's a long and, day of wheeling in. And once you even get into the springs, you better be ready for adult summer camp. Yes, that's that's ex- that's a great way to describe it. Is adult summer camp. You have swimming. You have a rope swing. You have fun. You have parties. You have bonfires, and you have an a bar that uh, that just doesn't stop. Um, and it goes boom, music going live music, all kinds of great stuff. So, you know, metal click will be there, um, doing all we can, uh, on both events. Cause the following one, if you have a family and you want to do a little bit quieter version, the following week is Jeep Jamboree. And that is only Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I believe it's just a three day event. Um, and it is definitely kid oriented. There's a, there's an age limit. You have to check the website for what that is. Um, I think it's like six now or something like that. So, uh, there's a certain age limit, but um, you, that is definitely family oriented. They have RC uh, stuff in the past. They've done that. So that's a, that is not a party. And uh, it's kind of actually my preferred event now because it's more relaxing. <laughs> the, the other one is nonstop. You are going, you're hanging out, all your buddies uh, having just a fantastic time and it's, and it's a great event, but, but you can, after three days in the Rubicon, they're partying. I remember some guys years ago, we showed up there and they were a little upset because they wheeled in on, on Thursday. And I'm sitting with them at the, at the table having dinner. And they're like, man, this kind of sucks. Like they wanted to wheel, wheel, wheel. So they, they wheeled in Thursday and they're like, this is it. Like we now hang out here for a couple of days. Yep. So they decided to wheel out Thursday night and they went into Tahoe and then they came back on Friday and then they saw the party and went, Oh, geez, we should have stayed. <laughs> And you realize how much of a party it is, but man, it is, it is a party. So, sure. um, but it's great to have that back. It is so good to have that back. And, um, as especially here in our backyard and then following that is, um, is an event that metal cloaks, uh, pretty much, um, doing everything they can to sponsor completely is Sierra Trek. Um, and that's the Fordyce event. So if you, if you've ever heard of Fordyce and the five winch hills of Fordyce, um, and which I even have not done because the, the one or two times I've been at Fort Ice have been different kind of adventures that had to do with breaking, uh, Jeeps and other stuff. So, um, but the and five of water and snow and yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but the five windshields of Fort Ice are a phenomenal accomplishment. Metal Coke sponsoring them all. And, uh, um, it's great because you do have guys there. There's a different clubs that like is responsible for every windshield, making sure people get up it. Um, and so you start out, it's an early day. Cause I think you start like 5.00 AM or 6.00 AM or something at the bottom. Or if you're up at camp, you got to like get up at five, drive down to the bottom of where the entrance is to Fort ice down there, 
and meet there at a certain time to be able to actually go up and do it. But if you do that, it's a phenomenal day. But Sierra Trek is a beautiful place. It's up by Truckee, California. Um, and uh, we'll be out there and, and uh, having some stuff. And, and so there's a lot of good stuff. in. And of course, we're already planning for, um, for Cantina for the Con which is back. It's in a different location. It's at Rob's resort, but it's, uh, so it's kind of exciting because, you, you know, we're finally in this area starting to get all the excitement you've been having across the country of all the right, adventures. Right. Right. Well, and all for funds coming back this year. So we'll be there right. with the CTI trailer in a couple of weeks. And then we've got, I mean, we've got still, we have Smoky Mountain Jeep invasion coming up. We, we've still got some a lot of stuff going on. The modern Jeeper adventure for Colorado registration is up. Yes. It's extremely open. limited. It's open. Yes. 10 rigs. Wanted, and it's 10 pretty rigs. cheap, man. It is. It is um, cheap. We're doing dinner for everybody one night, but literally it's if you want to come hang out with me, we're not doing crazy, crazy stuff. There is an optional third day where we'll run over back, Black Bear and, and I'm backwards. Pass. <laughs> You're about um, to not say backwards. backwards. <laughs> not backwards. No. <laughs> so um, that's awesome but it's only guys it's only 450 dollars. it's our first ever doing the colorado event so um yeah, registration is open and uh, you can check that out it's going to be beautiful um yeah, and it'll be, you know so, be a good time and speaking of events i'm sure everybody's wondering about the rubicon so there is some changes we had to do changes with dates and it's just you know we appreciate your you all being um uh, variable with us and having patience because the date that's been published obviously is just a couple weeks away. Um, we are working on the change. And that was just some un things that were uncontrollable at our end that we had to make the change. Um, registration will open up here shortly. I expect it to open this week with a finalization as to what we want to do and what the price point is going to be, but it is going to be a mixed event. In other words, there'll be some time when we provide some meals and other times you guys will be responsible for your own meals, which there's a certain fun factor in it. I think there's people actually have fun when they do that on, on death Valley trips. So absolutely. It'll be, it'll I mean, it's kind of like the Colorado trip. That is our challenge with Rubicon this year. And that's uh, catering and getting people to, 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 bring food in is is hard and it's also hard when people have special dietary needs and they want to eat their own thing and um there's more and more people that are wanting to do that now and and we totally understand um it the rubicon is definitely not an overlanding event <laughs> uh but uh but yeah i think this year will be be fun and, and we'll keep everybody aware of when when that's happening yeah definitely so well as soon as we have information we'll let you know um i'm expecting we should be able to finalize stuff this week or this plan this week. Uh, but otherwise, the Colorado trip is open. Uh, check it out and do that. Um, wow. So we've covered a lot here in this last hour and uh, more, more to do. Anything else you want to share? Any rants this week? No, not really. I mean, I, you know, we, we kind of talked about uh, some of the, the winch stuff. And I think we'll be talking about recovery um, a lot more in the coming weeks. Um, just because of the variety of information that's out there along with, um, with, uh, the communications thing, you know, with, with the business band crossing and GMRS and people still running CBs and the confusion of what that's, that's coming about. But, uh, no, I think we're in, in good shape. we got a lot going on, um, making some, some changes to the gladiator a little bit. I'll be taking it, uh, up to, to Wyoming. Um, we still have the prototype ARS rack on there. And uh, look forward to uh, some information, more information coming out about that. But uh, so, all so, in all, so, you're, so you're wheeling that you're wheeling that trail in the Gladiator. Yep. Nice. That'd be interesting yep. for you. you uh -huh. I mean, I'm thinking you, about. I was trying to figure out how I can cut about seven feet off of it. 
<laughs> well, that's the thing is you, you built like any of us do, we build up our comfort level with our rig, right? I love my YJ because I was so comfortable with it. I knew what I could or couldn't do with it. Right. And then I had to learn the JK and I had to learn that. Um, this will be your first time really Have you taken the gladiator out any runs around your, your neighborhood? You know, no, we, we, we took it over to, uh, I mean, we've done some Moab stuff with it and, and uh, the rim rocker outside of, of Montrose here, pre-running some of it, but um, nothing really that crazy. The, 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 the Morrison Jeep trail is extremely tight and the switchbacks are extremely tight. That is my only concern. Um, and it's extremely steep. So I watched a video of some guys in like forerunners doing it. And we're talking about multiple turns in a forerunner. Mm, so, um, yeah, if I took the LJ, the, the thing about taking the LJ is I would want to trailer it up there and then uh -huh. it's not really an overland thing. And, right. uh, yeah, so that'd be fun. It'll be forward fun. to seeing the documentation on it. Yes. I'll send you some stuff. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to the article modernjeeper.com. All right, friends. Well, hey, this has been another great episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. You know how to get a hold of us. Matt's at medicalclock.com, Corey at medicalclock.com. If you have an event or something else coming up, you can send an email to jesse at medicalclock.com. And of course, you can find us at modernjeeperadventures.com, modernjeeperforum.com, and modernjeeper.com, where all kinds of our, our stories and pictures and shares and other stuff in the whole history of this, uh, this podcast as well can be found at modernjeepershow.com. If there's anything else you guys have or anything else you need, reach out to us. Otherwise, we hope you are enjoying yourselves and we'll see you on the trail. Cheers. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.